0: All right, all right. Welcome to it uh, once again, Employment Law Show. John Scholes here along with partner Alex Lucifero Sanfiru to in the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. If you have questions about employment rights, this uh, this is your show, right? You've been terminated, maybe laid off, wrongfully dismissed, getting harassed at work, experienced changes to your job, even human rights issues. Doesn't matter. You can call the show now or you can call Alex afterwards or email one 855 821 5900 is the way to do that. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if the chance comes around, comes around, you're like, yeah, you know what? If I ever got let go, what would my severance be worth? I'm not going to call the Ministry of Labor. No, you are not. You're going to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the severance pay calculator is within that website. Easy to use. Takes a couple seconds to do that and get the uh, the real number. On the show today, Alex, we got uh, being let go from your job without even realizing it. We'll get to some of those talking points. And if we got a few moments, we'll get to an email or two. But we always start uh, the show, brother, with a couple things happening in uh, in your world. What's up, Al?
1: Hey, John. Thanks very much. Great to be here, as uh, as always. If you have a question about your pension, if you have a question about severance, if something is happening at work And you're not feeling comfortable about what your employer is doing or how your employer is treating you listen this is the time this is the place we're ready to talk ready to answer those questions um, about your workplace rights it's so extremely important john we mention this all the time we spend the majority of our time working and listen it's quite common that you know despite our best efforts conflicts happen disputes between employers and employees are going to happen And it's important to know how to handle those situations, whether you're a business owner and you're dealing with employees or whether you're an employee yourself. Listen, even if you're a contractor or you think you're a contractor, you may very well be an employee. Our employment laws in Canada and in Ontario are actually very clear. They're very robust. But you obviously, uh, you know, if if you don't know the way the law works, The law can't help you. And that is what we are here to do. That's what we've been doing over the history of this radio show. We're here to inform people on what their rights are. We're here to help people resolve their workplace problems. Uh, And so, as you mentioned, we always start the show with a segment we call The Week That Was. I think it's an interesting one this week, uh, John, and I'll talk about a couple of matters that came across my desk. First matter, uh, uh, John, has to do with what has been in the news Pretty much for the past two weeks straight, and that is the ongoing blockades and the trucker protests uh, that we're seeing, I guess, across the province, but mainly in Ottawa. Of course, more recently at the uh, at the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor. And, you know, really interesting, uh, interestingly, John, uh, just yesterday, so this would have been uh, Friday, I received a call from an employer. Uh, and this was the owner of a relatively small transportation company here in Ottawa. And he had a really interesting question for me. He asked me, he found out that one of his employees had been at the protest in Ottawa last weekend. He had been seen there by others. I think he was posting things on social media. Uh, Nothing, you know, nothing too wild. uh, He was simply there and participating. Uh, Again, nothing extreme. But the employer wanted to know this gentleman wanted to know, you know, he, he didn't agree with the protest. He thinks that they're you know, doing more harm than good. Uh, and I would tend to agree there. Uh, and he wanted to know, listen, what can I do with this employee? I'm not happy that he uh, went. It wasn't on company time. So it's not as if he was, you know, there when he should have been working. You know, it was on his off time. But this employer wanted to know, can I let this guy go? And I had an interesting answer for him that I don't think is very clear to a lot of people. You know, it's important to to keep in mind when we're talking about non-unionized employees. You know, uh, the starting point for any legal analysis when it comes to a termination of employment is that an employer is always allowed to let an employee go. There's nothing necessarily stopping an employer from ending uh, the employment relationship as long as the reason isn't discriminatory. So it's not, as long as it's not based on an employee's medical condition or their gender or their race, I told this employer, you can let this individual go if you really want to. His, his job is not guaranteed. The question actually is, the more important question is, do you owe this employee severance or not? So you know he's certainly allowed to let this employee go if he really wanted to, but he can't let the employee go, John, just because he attended the protest without paying that employee severance. If you're going to refuse an employee uh, their right to severance pay, that employee has to do something really, really terribly wrong. It's called just cause or a for-cause termination. And that basically means that it's really serious misconduct and kind of the worst of the worst misconduct in the employment context or really bad performance over a very lengthy period of time without improvement. And so just attending a protest like this, I had to tell this employer is not necessarily cause for termination unless there were other really aggravating factors like this employee did something really wrong. Even if it was off duty, uh, John, uh, the employee would have had to do something really, really wrong to be let go without severance
0: and anytime you're in that sort of uh, situation you don't know you really have no clue just get some clarity right call alex get a hold of him and or his, uh his team will we'll help you out for sure one 855 821 what else you got going on brother
1: yeah changing uh, uh changing gears here uh, yeah. a little bit i also spoke to a, a lady this week uh that was in another interesting uh, situation she had been a, a pretty long service employee with the company eight years of service she was very nice. Uh, in her mid fifties, she was w- working as a as an, an estimator, effectively, or a kind of coordinator slash estimator uh, for a cleaning company. And just uh, last month, or I guess a couple of months ago now, so in December of 2021, the company was taken over. So the company was uh, sold by the existing owner and purchased by a new owner, and right. her employment continued along uh, with it. There was no real change to her employment. She continued doing what she was doing historically through December and January. But then just last week, the new owner came, uh, came through and said, hey, I want all of you new employees to sign new employment contracts. And so he presented all of the existing employees with new employment contracts and effectively said, if you don't sign, we're considering you to have resigned and you can't come into work if you don't sign and we're not paying you severance, we're not paying you anything beyond your last day of work. Uh, And and this lady didn't feel comfortable signing. There were a bunch of terms in the contract that she didn't really get. She didn't understand. She didn't necessarily agree with either. And so she decided very nicely, she responded and said, listen, I want to continue working, but I don't want to sign the contract. And this employer actually barred her from the workplace. They said, don't come in tomorrow. You're not working here anymore and you're gone. It's over. The relationship is done. And no severance was offered. Uh, And she was effectively, like I said, kicked out the door. And so she contacted us and I had a chat with her this week and I told her, this is utter nonsense and an an employer cannot do that. Uh, That's a termination. There's no question that you're going to be owed severance. The fact that you didn't sign the employment contract is irrelevant. Uh, The employer chose to terminate this employee's uh, employment and rather than the just unceremoniously kicking them out the door because they didn't agree to sign a contract. This employer, again, going back to my first comment, uh, John, they had the right to let this employee go if they really wanted to. There was nothing stopping the employer from doing that, but there is no question this employee is going to be owed severance. As I mentioned, John, she's been with the company for eight years. She was in her mid-50s. She is going to be looking at eight to ten months as a severance package at the very uh, least. This employer has made a made a very costly, very big mistake uh, in not getting legal advice, not knowing what it's doing. Any employer, any HR department that is worth their salt, uh, John would have known that an employee like her would have been owed severance.
0: If if there is a contract and if someone signs it in in whatever situation to change some things, is it even is it legally binding? Do you have wiggle room to fight it if they're not given anything for it?
1: Yeah, good question. It depends on whether the employee received uh, what's called consideration for yeah, signing yeah. the contract. In other words, the employee has to receive something more than just their employment continuing on the same terms. So that could be a raise. It could be a signing bonus. It could be extra vacation pay or better benefits, but it has to be something better than what they currently have, John. Otherwise, as you rightly point out, that contract not is not going to be worth the paper it's written on.
0: And for employers, when it comes to these contracts, I mean, I know it's with more sophisticated employers, bigger employers, I guess it's not even a, it's not an, it's a non-starter because they probably have some sort of legal department at their disposal, someone like you. But for smaller employers, maybe mom and pop shops that are putting, uh, you know, contracts together, this is not something you want to take off a Google template online and say, oh, that's good. Just have you sign this and it'll be completely legally binding. You got to put a little more effort into it than that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And listen, you're uh, you know you're going to be uh, costing yourself a pretty penny if you decide to just pull something off the internet and use it as your employment contract. Yeah. As a business owner, it is worth investing the time and the money into making sure that your employment contracts are enforceable. And not only that, John, but to the point that we were just discussing, you've also got to introduce them and implement them in the right way. You can have the most ironclad employment contract if you don't do the if you don't have it introduced and signed properly all of that effort is going to be uh, worthless. So it's important to get advice on the actual document, but also the method in which you ask employees to sign.
0: We have plenty of time just getting warmed up, but we'll take a, a short break. Alex is your guy, any time to reach out, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. email address help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you just go to employmentlawyer.ca, we've got a drop-down menu with our, uh, the media tab, and you can catch some of our long-running TV show as well, 30 minutes of what you get here on the radio on the television. We'll take a short break and come back with lots more Employment Law Show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Do you want to reach out to Alex Luciaferro, who's uh, doing the show today? Uh, get a hold of his team confidentially. Have a chat. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca or call anytime 1 855 821. 5900 also go to employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, .ca. get the advice you need and that compensation you deserve that's the important part right you are owed more almost guaranteed so reach out to uh, to Alex at your uh, at your convenience all right let's get into this being let go from your job without even realizing it These people are going what is that supposed to mean well we're going to get into these talking points Alex I know you'll expand on each one and uh, this may be eye opening for a lot of people who haven't caught the show before or are not well steeped in employment law knowledge from listening to the show for for over a decade, so here you go. Number one, you may be let go without even realizing it if you are put out on a temporary layoff. How about that?
1: Yeah, that's right, John. Probably the most common way in in which uh, an employee is let go from their job permanently without uh, even realizing it or knowing uh, about it, as uh, you know, as the title of of this little segment suggests. It's important to keep in mind. Listen, whether temporary layoffs are related to COVID or whether they're related to other business reasons, maybe it's a restructuring, or maybe uh, you know, it's a slower time of year for a particular company. A temporary layoff is not an implied right that an employer has to implement on an employee. It's not something that they can do without the employee's consent. Uh, this is particularly the case for most employees who are not seasonal. So, you know, you can imagine for a seasonal employee, you know, who works, let's say, spring, summer and fall and is off in the winter. Listen, temporary layoffs are kind of an implied term of that employment. It's kind of expected that you're going to be laid off at some point. But for the vast majority of employers uh, out there, uh, an employee is working consistently nine to five full time uh, throughout the entire year. When an employee like that, John, is put on a temporary layoff, the employer will sit the employee down and say, you know, listen, we're going through a tough time. Business is slow. We need to temporarily lay off some employees. You know, we you know, it's it's tough, but we have no choice but to temporarily lay you off. The employee might just think, "Okay, well, I guess they're allowed to do this if they're doing this. But that's wrong, uh, uh, John. A temporary layoff is basically a termination. It's what we call a constructive dismissal. A constructive dismissal is a termination in kind of actions or deeds, not in words. So these employees won't receive a termination letter. They'll receive a temporary layoff letter that says your employment's continuing, but we don't have work for you right now. Right. But that's still a termination, John. It's a change to the terms of the employee's contract. And that then entitles the employee to seek severance. So that employee can choose uh, to treat the temporary layoff as a permanent termination and obtain their severance entitlements. And their severance, John, as we saw with the week that was, it's not going to be a week per, tier, per or two per year of service. It's going to be months per year of service, most likely. And that's probably the better choice for those employees, uh, John, because as soon as you accept one layoff in a situation like that, you then give your employer the power to use that tool, to use temporary layoffs time and time again into the future. And you don't want to do that if temporary layoffs weren't a term of your employment to begin with.
0: And this is something that's so important over the last couple of years because a lot of people are still languishing at home after you know two years thinking, you know, am I ever going back to work, right? They can pull the yeah, plug. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely. I mean, we, we've seen this so much, John, over the course of COVID. I mean, even the provincial government introduced something called the infectious disease emergency leave that a lot of employers have been using. But again, my point is that that's not something that employers can use as of right. They need the employee's consent. They need the employee to go along right. With the temporary layoff, again, whether it's related to COVID or not, and you as an employee have that power to decide whether you're going to agree to the temporary layoff or not. And I can tell you, John, there are very few cases that I've seen personally where it actually makes sense for the employee to stay on that temporary layoff.
0: Keeping going with this one. You may have been uh, let go from your job without even realizing if your employer changes the terms of your employment. What does that mean? We're talking, well, obviously pay, but it could be uh, your duties, could be work location, could be hours of work, all those things, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. And this is another big, big one that that we see. We speak to a lot of employees, uh, John, that come to us and they haven't been let go, uh, but their employer is introducing some sort of change, some degree of change. And listen, our longtime listeners, uh, will know that a change to your terms of employment is potentially, again, a constructive dismissal. It might give you, the employee, the right to say no and to rather reject the change altogether or to treat that change as a termination and get your severance entitlements. Now, listen, the devil is always in the details, uh, John. So I don't want any of our listeners uh, listening in right now to say, oh, my employer is changing something. I'm going to quit or my employee's changing something, I'm going to give them a hard time and say no. The degree of change matters. It's really only a significant change or a substantial change that is going to trigger a constructive dismissal, that's going to trigger a right on the part of the employee to say no. Uh, but you'd be surprised. It doesn't take all that much when we're talking about a significant change or a substantial change. As you very correctly pointed out, a change to your job responsibilities can very much be a constructive dismissal if your employer is asking you to take over the workload of a colleague, and you know effectively uh, you know doubling your workload or even just increasing your workload in a significant way, that can be a constructive dismissal. It also applies the other way around. If all of a sudden your job responsibilities are cut in half, and you're you know you're basically kind of demoted from your position, even if your title hasn't changed. But the actual job responsibilities have changed in a negative way. That can also be a constructive dismissal. The easiest ones that we see are pay changes. Yep. Anytime an employer changes your pay, that should be a massive red flag to an employee, uh, 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 John. And that employee should be getting advice right away. And that's another point I wanted to make with respect to these changes. Not to keep going on here, but... As an employee, if you're dealing with a change at work, if your boss sits you down and says, hey, you know, effective next week, X, Y and Z is happening. We're changing your position or we're changing your pay or we're changing your work location. We're moving you to another shop. You don't want to sit on that. You don't want to just accept the change implicitly and quietly. You need to get legal advice right away. There's only a limited window of time to act on these um, uh, matters. And the sooner you act, the sooner you get legal advice, uh, the easier it's going to be to resolve these scenarios. So, again, for anyone listening in, if you're dealing with a change at work, whether you think it's significant or not, you have to receive legal advice. You have to speak with an employment lawyer. I have conversations like this all the time, uh, and they're important ones. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's important to, you know, really dig into what the change is and how significant it's going to be, how it's going to impact that particular employee and then lay out the options of, you know, how do we move forward and try and resolve this? Again, if you don't have that conversation, you're operating in the blind and something's bound to go wrong.
0: It's interesting, too, because, I mean, uh, generally, a, a, you know, a pay decrease or whatever is not going to sit well with any, No, none of us want to make, you know less money, but something where, you know, maybe a, a change in hours or a slight change in location, I guess it de- depends on the, the, the degree of change, but is this something that someone going into this saying, Hey, you know what? I love working here. I want to be a, you know, a, a company player, a team player, but I don't know how this will affect me. This change. Can I, uh, can I try it and maybe not commit to it right away? And that should be in writing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Occasionally we will, uh, suggest that, uh, in situations John, where it's not clear what the degree of change is going to be, as you correctly pointed out. So if your employer is kind of asking you to try something out and see how it goes uh, and you're not sure, maybe it might work to your advantage, maybe it won't, then absolutely. I think you want to put in writing to your employer. And this could be you know, very casually in an email. It doesn't have to be a formal letter. It doesn't have to be a, a registered letter in the mail. You know, Just very casually an email you know, simply saying, you know, I'm willing to try this out for a limited period of time, uh, but I'm not sure if I'm entirely comfortable yet. And I want to revisit this in, you know, a couple of weeks time. And this way you're reserving the right to kind of reject uh, the change. But, you know, it's funny you point out, uh, John, that, you know, you want to be a team player. And listen, that's great. It it is important to a certain degree uh, to be able to uh, kind of roll with the punches and kind of meet differing demands that any employer will have, whatever the industry is. But we have to always caution, uh, John, and you've heard this before from me, you know, it's quite dangerous actually to take one for the team, uh, quote unquote, because oftentimes when employer when an employer comes to you and says, hey, we're having a tough time, we need you to do X, Y, and Z, and you know, we need you to be a, two, a team player and take one for the team. I can tell you, John, from experience speaking to people, eight or nine out of ten times that's going to be a constructive dismissal because when they're really asking you to kind of sacrifice and make a, a kind of a big sacrifice for the company a lot of times it is a significant change and again listen if it's for maybe a very temporary basis or if it somehow works to your advantage maybe you're getting a raise in exchange maybe you're getting a promotion in exchange sure great it might work out that way but a lot of times john it doesn't work out that way a lot of times you're being offered less pay, or you're being demoted, or you're, you know, uh, or your, you know, your job responsibilities are changing in a negative way, and your employer is right. going to make that a permanent change, and then you're stuck with it if you've accepted it, and that's a bad situation.
0: Pretty crazy, by the way. Anytime you want to reach out uh, to Alex, 1-855-821-5900, But the calls always, uh, always top priority. Richard, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Oh, not bad. Great. What's on your mind?
2: yeah I just wanted to find out if you are working with a company and you know, the company goes bankrupt ah. and you, you have compulsory savings with the company. what happens to that money that you have with them? Do you lose it too when they go bankrupt?
1: Excellent question, uh, Richard, an important one, one that we touch on from time to time, but but maybe not as often as, as we should, you know I, I have to say, and I don't mean to rip the band-aid you know right off, uh, Richard, mm-hmm. but I will. Bankruptcy is basically the worst case scenario for an employee, Uh, whether you're talking about severance or whether even if you're talking about unpaid wages, it becomes very, very difficult to get uh, any severance, any compensation out of a bankrupt company. Certainly, when we're talking about severance, uh, employees become creditors uh, like any other creditor, any other unsecured creditor. And that means that for a bankruptcy, you have to get in line, and you are likely only ever going to get cents on the dollar. And sometimes it is literally cents, John, that, that an employee gets as far as severance is concerned. Yeah. Now, for wages, it's a little different. The Ministry of Labor in Ontario has, uh, uh, has a process by which you can potentially recover more of your wages from a, from a bankruptcy. But listen, I hate to say it, Richard, it's not a good scenario You might want to contact the Ministry of Labor if you're talking about unpaid wages. And if you're talking about severance, uh, then I think you are in a very tough spot. This is assuming, Richard, that this is an actual bankruptcy. So we're not just talking about an employer closing and ceasing operations. That's different. Those employers that just closed their businesses are still owed severance. But employers that actually claim bankruptcy and there's bankruptcy paperwork filed and there's a trustee appointed, uh, then... Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to severance, employees are going to be out of luck.
2: So, to savings and um, insurances and so that the company has for you when you, while you're while you're working, and uh, those money goes with the bankruptcy.
1: Sorry, are you you're talking? You mentioned insurance money. Is that, is yeah, that what you're asking
2: about? Yeah, money that are that um, while you're on the job, they it, it accumulates over the years. And then uh, when they, if they go or well, bankrupt, all those monies that you know you um, you had saved and stuff with the company, company savings and insurance, and all those monies that
1: are yeah. uh, right.
2: um, are, are pulled up while you're working.
1: Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. So a lot of times we'll see things like vacation pay that obviously yep. accrue over time, things like pension that accrue over time. Uh, Uh, Again, those items, those items are, you probably have a better shot, Richard, at recovering items like that than you do recovering severance. But I think it's still going to be an uphill battle. uh, And it's still a question of what can be enforced by the Ministry of Labour in Ontario.
0: Appreciate it, Richard. We'll uh, take a short break. Lots more of Alex Lucifero on the way. Feel free to reach out now and 1-855-821-5900 anytime and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. This is the Employment Law Show. All right. Welcome back. Employment Law Show. More to go. Alex Lucifero Managing Partner, Sam Firu, to mark an LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm from coast to coast to coast, practicing uh, in Ontario and BC and Alberta you can always uh, always reach out 18558215900 that to get a hold of Alex's team and help at employmentlawyer.ca back into our topic at hand and that would be Alex uh, being let go from your job yeah without even realizing it here's another one in fact i had a guy at uh, my gym the other day it happened uh this exact point put on an unpaid suspension an unpaid suspension ooh
1: this is a hot one uh, John let's put <laughs> let, let's put on the uh, the oven mitts uh, because I have uh, I have a topic for you so we're talking about un- unpaid suspensions mm-hmm. uh, uh, right and and again this goes to being let go from your job without even knowing it uh, the law is pretty darn clear actually John this is actually quite an easy one from kind of a legal analysis point of view an employee that's put on an unpaid, suspension or an unpaid leave. Listen, it's basically the same as a temporary layoff, right? I and mean, right, we're right. just using different language here. Basically, you're being sent home without pay. That can very clearly be a termination. It can be a constructive dismissal. Now, the reason why we need to put our oven mitts on is because recently we've seen a lot of this with respect to vaccination policies. Employers introducing mandatory vaccination policies that say, Either you confirm that you're vaccinated or we're putting you on unpaid suspension. Uh, and listen, I, I've said this countless times on the show before. Uh, I, think, I, I think the vaccines reduce hospitalization. I think they're a great idea. Uh, I think it's very obvious that they provide a very clear benefit. That said, if an employer puts an unvaccinated employee on an unpaid suspension, on an unpaid leave of absence, that may very well be a termination, uh, John. And that's going to entitle that employee to severance, regardless of their vaccination status, regardless of any of the other circumstances, sending an employee home without pay is really, really dangerous for an employer taking a big chance there that the employee is going to treat that as a termination. And then you as the employer are going to owe that employee uh, severance. We've, you know, we've seen dozens and dozens, if not hundreds at this point, John, of exactly these kinds of situations over the past couple of months, and I can tell you, we have negotiated severance packages for the vast majority of those uh, employees. Um, again, we can you know we can debate vaccination policies or not, but my only message to employers would be: be very careful in either terminating employees without severance or putting employees on unpaid leave because of their vaccination status. If you want to do it as an employer, by all means, go ahead and do it. It yeah. may end up; it will likely end up costing you money in the form of severance and potentially in the form of other damages as well, depending on the situation.
0: Let's grab a, a quick call in between. It'll be uh, Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you?
3: I'm fine. Thank you very much. How are you guys? Great.
0: Excellent. Yeah. What's uh, what's on your mind?
3: Well, my brother-in-law was just suspended yesterday with cause. He worked, He's a longtime employee at a grocery store, and he works in the meat department, and uh, he was... Stocking shelves, these uh, meat meat assistant manager, and a customer came up to him and asked him if they had a certain product. And my brother, my brother-in-law, told him, "Yes, we might have some in the back, in the in the back in the truck." And the customer told, thought he said he swore at him and went right <sighs> to his manager, and the meeting went by with uh, with a shop, a shop steward, and he was told to clean out his locker. Sent and home. so,
1: and and you've mentioned that has he been sent home? So he's been terminated effectively. His employment has ended.
3: Well, they just suspended him and said, "Okay, well, we're gonna get the union involved and etc." But got it. That was like right there on the spot. Oh.
1: No. Got it. Okay, so a couple of things uh, here. Certainly, your brother-in-law should be speaking with his union rep as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, we can't help him if he's unionized, so I'd love to have a chat with him, but I, I or any other employment lawyer, for that matter, won't be able to assist if he's unionized. But that said, listen, it is, it is not uncommon when an employer is investigating some sort of incident for the employee to be suspended. But that suspension should certainly be with pay. Right. So your brother-in-law should be you know for however time however much time he's going to be off, he should be uh, he should be paid for that time. If he's not being paid, again, he's got to speak to his union about it. You've got to look at the collective agreement and figure out what's the protocol for employees that are being investigated. We do see suspensions in those situations pretty often. But like I said, the right way for an employer to do that is to put the employee on paid leave or paid suspension. If it's unpaid, you know, to the you know to the topic we've been discussing for the past half hour or so, if it's unpaid, you know, even though the investigation is still ongoing, the employee might already have the right to treat that unpaid suspension as a termination and seek severance. Now, again. That's for non-unionized employees. Your brother-in-law is obviously unionized, and so the analysis might be a little bit different, but he's got to get on the phone to his union. He's got to figure out if he's going to be paid for this time off or not. If he's not being paid, you know, I would tell him maybe file a, you know ask your, your union to file a grievance uh, and see if they're willing to do so.
3: Okay, Okay. Well, could there be any damages caused? Psychologically, my brother-in-law's um, very t- like, he's a quiet, quiet soul. But I I wouldn't, he doesn't like to get upset. And if he does get upset, it actually just psychologically tears him down. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's a very positive, kind of positive kind of guy. But I know this really, he just came home and went to bed.
1: Yeah, it's tough. Listen, hopefully he's he's got a good union and the union has his back. You know, ultimately, it sounds like there was a misunderstanding there as to what was said. And if that's really the extent of it and the, you know, the customer thinks they heard one thing and he said another, there really shouldn't be any further fallout. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, the union should have, it, should have an employee's back in that respect, although it depends on the union and it depends on the All union right. rep and how far they're willing to go to for bad for the employee.
0: Kathleen, appreciate the time there, and uh, more phone calls are on the way. We'll take a short break and get back into our topic as well, being let go from your job without even realizing it, that and possibly a couple emails to uh, wrap up the show as well. We'll continue reaching out to Alex anytime, one 821 5900 Keep that number with you, and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. Employment Law Show, coming up. And we're back at it. Alex Luchaferro, Managing Partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, here again answering all of your questions via email, phones, or otherwise. We'll get back into our uh, our topic for the day, being let go from your job without even realizing it after we get to Linda. Hi, Linda. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging on for a moment. Uh, what's on your mind? So
4: my question is that I work in a unionized environment. Um, I have been hired on contract with no end date. Um, I've been asked to do some duties that are above my pay grade, and I've alluded that it is above my pay grade, laughing, saying, well, why would I do that? That's above my pay grade, and laughed it off. But I know that these folders and files are going to come to me shortly, and I don't know what my recourse is. How do I, how do I actually tell management or people I work, who work above me that that's above my pay grade? (laughs)
1: yeah fair enough, Linda. I think your first step there uh should be to speak with a union rep uh, mm-hmm. and to have kind of a you know a confidential but but kind of open conversation about you know kind of what are th- what 's the framework here so what am I allowed to say no to? what do I have to say yes to? what are the rules around this kind of situation and that might mean kind of looking at the collective agreement and seeing what 's there, looking at kind of the the union's policies the company's policies. I think that can only happen. I mean, you can do some of that work yourself, but really, I think you need the union involved and you need that guidance. Uh, And really, that's the only guidance, the only help that you can possibly receive. Listen, in the non-unionized environment, someone like me as an employment lawyer can be of assistance. And the analysis Mm -hmm. is, okay, well, what are your current terms of employment? Have you ever done anything like this before? What are they? You know, how much really more of the, are they asking of you, uh, in terms of being, you know, things being above your pay grade? And again, any, you know, if that was a significant change, then you would have some some options and some rights. But again, mm-hmm. I can't really, you know, as a unionized employee, either myself or as I mentioned before, any other employment lawyer, we really can't help in that respect. Your union is your one and only legal representative. Your union is really the only entity. That can mm-hmm. help resolve this situation for you. Maybe it's just some general advice and guidance, and maybe they advise you to say no, or maybe they advise you to say yes, uh, or maybe it goes as far as a grievance. But that's really, right. you know, right. I think that's the only option you have, Linda, for better or worse. It might be really, really helpful. You know, I've, I've, heard, yeah. I've spoken to some unionized employees uh, that feel really positively about their union and, and kind of they help a lot. And I've spoken to a lot of people as well where their union often leaves them disappointed. You're yeah, going to have to give it a ladder. go and see yeah. what happens.
4: Yeah. In, in this case, it's it's sort of like the latter. Our union doesn't um, – they're not very proactive. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah. I hate to say it, but it's – it's you know, I hear that quite often. But, you know, unfortunately, as a unionized employee, you're going to mm-hmm. – you know, your job at least is going to kind of live and die by what your union decides.
4: Yeah, so what I have been doing is just kind of laughing it off and letting them know that yeah, it's kind of above my pay grade, but nice try. So, you know, making mm-hmm. comments like that, like pa- being passive aggressive, which I know I'm not supposed to be, but <laughs> why would I do that? Why would that yeah. do that? That's something that a clerk one would do and I'm not a clerk one. Like just letting them know that I know that it's above my pay grade and and yep. I know that I'm capable of doing it, but it's just the fairness that they're getting, you know, at least an hour more than I am. So why would I do that? (laughs)
1: Yeah, And listen, if that if that kind of passive resistance is no longer working, and they keep pressuring you to keep on kind of doing these tasks, well, that is then I think when you have to step it up a level and try and again, either get the union involved or find some other way to do it. I think that approach, Linda, is only going to last for so long.
0: Linda, appreciate the time and the call. Going to move on. A couple more uh, talking points before we uh, we wrap her up today, and that would be being let go from your job without even realizing it and into number four, I guess, is, well, how about this, the company you work for is being sold, not bankrupt. They're being sold
1: yeah we spoke to richard obviously earlier in the call uh john and richard was in a tough situation where his employer uh was claiming bankruptcy and and Mm -hmm. i made the point uh without even actually looking at the list admittedly uh, uh john but you know it's important to distinguish uh a company that is being sold or even that is closing uh those situations uh give employees options they give employees rights. And so, for example, when an employee, when an employer is being sold, if the purchasing company, if the purchasing entity is changing that employee's employment in a negative way, uh, you may be losing your job without even realizing it. And maybe if I can be even more specific, an employee uh, doesn't have an obligation to accept continued employment with that new employer, uh, right? With the purchasing company, uh, if the terms of employment aren't similar or the same, so right. for example, we have an employer uh, that's buying a company come in and says, "Hey, you were a you were a truck driver before, uh, but you know now that we've taken over, we don't want you to be a truck driver anymore. We want you to go in the office and do some admin work." An employer doesn't have an employee, rather doesn't have to accept that change. They can treat their employment as terminated because the change is so significant. That's going to entitle that employee to severance. So if you're in the situation where your employer is being sold and being purchased by another company uh, and you're being offered a contract of employment, don't sign that contract without getting legal advice. There might be terms in that contract uh, that negatively affect your employment moving forward you may be allowed to reject that offer from the purchasing company and still get severance and moving on to a better job.
0: Let's get to uh, one more of these, pal. The uh, another uh, reason why you might be let go without even realizing it, your employer won't accommodate your medical restrictions.
1: Yeah, this I hope, John, is, is one of the more obvious ones. Uh, and again, we've been preaching this from the rooftops for years and years and years, but I, I think mm. instinctually, you know, most people will know this. An employer has an obligation to accommodate an employee with medical issues or to right. accommodate an employee with kind of disabilities. Uh, whether those disabilities are kind of physical or mental or whatever they might be, as long as they're supported by a doctor, your employer can't just say, Oh, well, if you, you know, if you can't lift uh, more than 20 pounds today, then just go home. We're not paying you. Or, Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're taking a stress leave. Well, we don't, you know, we don't tolerate stress leaves. We got to let you go if that's, what's going to happen. Utter nonsense. Uh, 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 John, an employer has a very uh, has a a responsibility and it's a very high responsibility to accommodate employees with medical restrictions. As long as you as an employee have support from your doctor in saying what those restrictions are and what you can and can't do, your employer has to play ball, uh, John, if they don't play ball. Not only are you going to be owed severance, which is mainly what we've been talking about you know with respect to this topic. it's going right. to be a it's going to be a constructive dismissal. It's going to be a termination if they don't accommodate even if they haven't out and out terminated your employment, but that's also discrimination, John, on the basis of disability, and that's a huge problem for an employer gotcha. they're going to have to be paying out of pocket for those damages.
0: And we are done. Thank you so much for uh, chiming in and uh, contacting us. You want to contact Alex now. Here's how you do it. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website you can learn and reach out as well. Anonymous, free, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show.